Hallelujah. Uh, I'm not going to stay too long preaching. And um, I'm not going to stay too long preaching. But I just want us to uh, focus and concentrate. And see what God is going to do in our midst today. Uh, Sister Deola's testimony. The second one. Um, you really... Uh, you really might not get the full import of what she was talking about, um, except if you are here on Friday night, because she went on about the teaching of, on the blood of Jesus, as though we had actually um, taught it like five times, maybe in the last couple of weeks, but it was just only once on Friday, and um, he only just started as a, as a seed of a tiny thought that I just wanted to share for five minutes before we go into prayer, but uh, I think we ended up sharing for over 30 minutes. And in fact, the prayer point we took on that thing that we shared, the prayer point actually went on for close to an hour. Hallelujah. Non-stop. Because we, we had to go deep down into the root of issues. Hallelujah. So there are things that we can actually do on Friday night that we might not really, we might be constrained for time. Um, on a day like this hallelujah so but essentially what we're sharing was the fact that um when you want to come when you come to pray and you come into the presence of god you the things you are emboldened to ask god for are usually based on your assessment of yourself your assessment of your own worthiness and as long as it remains that way, you are going to cheat yourself out of a lot of things in life. Because many times you are asking God for things that you think you deserve. Do, do you understand what I'm talking about? You are asking God for things that you think you deserve. While you don't realize that when you come into the presence of God, you are meant to come and make demands based on what the blood of Jesus Christ has paid for. Do you understand? Not what you deserve, but what the blood of Jesus Christ has paid for. Hallelujah. That, that was all we are talking about. That look, Today, you might find yourself in a position where you would have dropped like 30% of the goals you had 20 years ago by reason of things that you have passed through up to this point. That, oh, if I can only get 20% of what I started out with done, then I am happy. Because 20% means, ah, man, you should just rejoice with that. But what I'm saying to you is that the blood of Jesus Christ, what it has come to do in your life is to bring you to a point where you can now ask God that I want everything. Do you understand? That I want everything. Even though there is a voice of accusation screaming on the inside of you that you are not worth it. Do you understand what I'm talking about? There is a voice of accusation bringing on the inside of you that you are not worth it. That's cut down what you are asking for. And the illustration I gave was that which 
was that my daughter dropped her mother's telephone into the toilet. Do you understand? And I now said, when money comes into the family and you now want to share it, you don't now remember that, hey, she dropped the phone in the toilet. We will remove the money of that phone from our own share. I said, it's like when I want to do things, I don't even remember that she did such a thing. You understand what I'm talking about? It's like when I want to have favor on her, I don't cut back because of the phone she threw in the toilet. You understand? So it means that our heavenly father will not cut back because of the errors of your past. But why are you restricted today? Because you have not dared to ask beyond what you think you deserve. Do you understand what I'm talking about? You have not dared to ask beyond what you think you deserve. Hallelujah. I had done this message before when we were still a, when I was preaching in a fellowship. And I said, look, Paul killed people before he got saved. After he got saved, he was writing an epistle. And somewhere along the line, he said, I have wronged no man. Do, do you understand? He says, I have wronged no man. In the same century, when he killed people. He says, I have wronged no man. Did he forget the people he killed? He said, I have wronged no man. So it meant that on the basis of I have wronged no man is what he is standing on to relate with God. Do you understand? So, stop calculating your life on the platform of what you think you deserve based on the errors of your past, based on your family background, Based on your social background, it has nothing to do with what we are asking God for. Nothing in the world. It does not matter where you are coming from. When you come into God's presence, you have every right by the blood of Jesus to make bold demands for the ultimate. Hallelujah. You have every right by the blood of Jesus to make bold demands for the ultimate. Hallelujah. Oh, you don't have education the way every other person has. It has nothing to do with you prospering. Do you understand? Larry Ellison I mean, thank God for the testimony we heard today. She went to school. She got a second class upper and she's out. Hear this one. Another one went to school. He could not even complete. Do you understand? Then they chopped him out. Then he had a second attempt. He could not complete. And they chopped him out again. 
Then he had a third attempt at a university degree. He could not complete. And they chopped him out. That guy was not any parent's dream of a child. Do you understand? But then, there was something about the guy I got to discover later is that he was a Jew. Now, this guy went to attend a seminar. And in this seminar, somebody was just postulating that, oh, these are the kind of things that we are going into technology-wise in 10 years to come. So the man was just, he was just, you know, and just making out a list of some theories that he had discovered and put together that nobody even wanted to listen to or was interested in. This guy who made three failed attempts at a university degree looked at this thing and just thought, hey, wait a minute, my future could be inside this thing. He, he took those laws, went back, sat down, and came up with a program. And when he came up with that program, he sold that program to the U.S. Army. Do you understand? The program was so, I mean, was so, was so good that he not only sold it to the U.S. Army, but he now began to market it commercially. Hallelujah. The name of this guy is Larry Ellison. And that is the man who owns Oracle. If you know anything about IT, you would have heard the word Oracle before. So, after three failed attempts, it still did not occur to him that he didn't have a right to wealth. Do you understand? Now, this man has a corporation that employs PhD holders. And the man has refused to go back to school to complete any of those degrees. That's, he has refused. In fact, he even says it openly now that it was his undoing. That he, he wished he didn't go. Maybe he would have discovered those things earlier. Do you understand what I'm talking about now? But somebody in our own kind of culture would have sat down and thought, because I missed out when every other person was going, then it's all over. No, it's not all over. The blood of Jesus entitles you to come into the presence of God to make a demand. Hallelujah. So, and the Bible says, if ye then, being evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, Say, how much more shall your heavenly father give unto those that ask for the Holy Ghost? Hallelujah. That was the crux of the issue. But in the meantime, let's turn our Bibles to Luke chapter 22. Luke chapter 22. Hallelujah. We'll be reading from verse 41. Luke chapter 22, verse 41. Hallelujah. Okay, let's start from 39. And he came out and went. And as he went, as he was wont to the Mount of Olives, and his disciples also followed him. And when he was at the place, he said unto them, Pray that ye enter not into temptation. That means pray so that you are not engulfed or swallowed up by the temptation. 
And he was withdrawn from them about a stone's cast and kneeled down and prayed, saying, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him. And being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly, and his sweat was as it were, great drops of blood falling down to the ground. And when he rose up from prayer and was come to his disciples, he found them sleeping for sorrow and said unto them, Why sleep ye? Rise and pray so that you are not engulfed by the temptation. Hallelujah. Everything we are going to do today is tied to the scripture. He says, Father, if thou be willing, remove this cup from me. Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. Hallelujah. What is the cup that we are talking about here? The cup we are talking about here is the suffering that he was built to go to on the cross. That is the cup that we are talking about. He looked at that suffering and he thought, Oh, Lord, is there another way that we can take to get to the destination apart from this particular way of the cup? And then he said, Nevertheless, not my will, but thine be done. And the Bible says that an angel appeared unto him to strengthen him from heaven. And then being in an agony, he prayed more earnestly. Hallelujah. Why did he have to pray more earnestly? Because there was something that he had to go through. And decisions will be made that were sensitive. From that point when Judas turned up with the Pharisees. To the point where he gave up the ghost. Every single word was calculated. Not the wrong word would have been spoken. He had the power to say that he wasn't going to go through this suffering anymore and turn back. Do you understand what I'm talking about? He wasn't trapped. It was a decision that he made. He says, I have the power to lay my life down and to take it up again. So he had the right, even after he got the first lash of the cane, to turn back and say, ah, no, I don't think I want to go through this. And nobody would have arrested him. And he would have just told those guys, now, all of you, disappear. And they would have disappeared. All he just had to say was, zap. And they would just zap. Do you understand? So the humility and the submission to go through it, the grace for that was what he had to collect in that place of prayer. Because if he did not have it, he wouldn't have been able to go through it. Hallelujah. And you see, that prayer, that prayer is the prayer that God has called us to pray at times where things 
have not particularly turned out the way we expected them to turn out. You see, the Bible says he came back to the disciples and the disciples were sleeping for sorrow. Sorrow means that things have not gone the way you thought they would go. Things have not gone the way you expected them to go. Hallelujah. And now these guys just gave up. He was like, man, I mean, what else can we do but just to sleep? Some others could have turned to alcohol. Some others could have turned to binging. Any other thing you could have turned to except pray. And you see the strength to carry on, Jesus received it when that angel turned up. Hallelujah. Let's read another scripture in Hebrews chapter 5 before we come back to Luke chapter 22. Hebrews chapter 5. Hebrews chapter 5. I'll read from verse 1. It says, For every high priest taken from among men is ordained for men in things pertaining to God, that he may offer both gifts and sacrifices for sin. Who can have compassion on the ignorant and on them that are out of the way, for that he himself also is compassed with infirmity? And by reason hereof he hurt as for the people, so also for himself to offer for sins. And no man taketh this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest. So what, Jesus, what God is saying there is that Aaron did not call himself to become a high priest. And that Jesus also did not call himself to become a high priest. But then Paul was now going to show us the process through which Jesus went through to get into the, to the high priestly office. And he said, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. As he saith also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Verse 7. Who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Though he were a son, yet lent he obedience by the things which he suffered. Can you see that? He says, Jesus Christ, who had been destined before he was born to become the high priest of our generation, the Bible said that who in the days of his flesh offered up prayers and supplications with strong tears and crying. Do you understand that? That he had more faith than us. He had more clarity than us. But yet, to press into his destiny, he offered up prayers with strong crying and tears unto God who was able to save him. Hallelujah. When was the last time you spent 30 minutes of your busy life praying about that thing 
that has bothered you for the last five years? When was the last time you went before God in agony? The Bible says he was in an agony and he prayed more earnestly. When was the last time that you prayed earnestly about that issue? When was the last time that you went to God and you spread out the issue before God and say, Lord, until this issue is dealt with, I am not leaving this place. When was the last time you did that? Hallelujah. Let's go back to Luke chapter 22, verse 43. He says, and there appeared an angel unto him from heaven, strengthening him and being in an agony. Agony there comes from a Greek word that they use in describing a ring. Have you seen that ring, wrestling ring before where they throw two people inside? It's a long one, high one, and they tell them, if both of you will fight to finish, when one man beats the other one to pop, and the other one cannot get up, the one who has truly won the fight will now climb out of the ring. And I'm sure you have seen it before on TV that if you don't beat the guy up sufficiently, when you want to climb, you just pull your leg down like this. Let's continue the fight. That is the sort of scenario that we are painting here. That you are not going to leave that place until the enemy has been crushed and dealt with and silenced forever. That was why Jesus said, can't you guys watch with me for only one hour? And he said this to them three times. So he went for one hour. He prayed. He came back. He found them sleeping. Ah, you guys are sleeping. Hey, can't you watch with me for one hour? Then he went back again for another hour. And he came back. Say, ah, you guys are sleeping. Can't you watch with me for another hour? And then he went again for another hour. And when he came back, he said, ah, look, sleep on. You guys sleep on. Because we, I have obtained the victory in the realm of the spirit. And then he turned to Peter. says, Satan desired to sift you as wheat. But I have prayed that your faith fail not. This kind of prayer, if you don't pray it, your faith is in danger. Do you understand? You see, you can come to church. And we can take the confessions together. But you see, these confessions cannot walk deep down into those core areas until you get into this kind of activity. Hallelujah. Because there are things that will still loom large to you. There are reasons that the enemy will still bring up. There are strongholds that you need to go deep down into and begin to address with the blood of Jesus. And with the word of God on your lips. Hallelujah. If Jesus had to pray that kind of prayer. To come out of obscurity into his destiny. Then you have no other choice. You have no other choice as a believer. Than to pray this kind of prayer. Hallelujah. And that is what we are talking about. And you see let me tell you something. Spiritual warfare is not something that well. You, 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 just, you, you just take it lightly. And you just think that, well, I don't need it. Because the 
problem that that other man has, I don't have it. And it's people that have problems that come to church to pray. You understand? Everybody has his own. Both high and low. They have their own. Look, I was watching I was watching a video clip last night. That was when the thing dawned, that it dawned on me all over again. That whether on the street or in the palace, there's no hiding place for you. But God. Now, do you know what has happened? Some, many of you might not realize it. What the government has done was that they took KICC out of where they are today and went to throw them in Walthamstow where Pastor Matthew has to preach at least five services to cover the people that he was preaching one service to before. Do you understand? The same government, the same Ken Livingstone approved the design for a mosque the that's the largest mosque in europe to be built a stone throw away from the place where they threw kicc out of do you understand and you tell me you don't need spiritual warfare look i i saw him on that clip i saw pastor matthew on that clip and he said look that people might think that oh we are the largest church in europe but they don't appreciate the amount of spiritual warfare and discouragement that we are faced with because men of god of his own caliber and of his own status in africa are not struggling with governments over where they're going to preach do you understand you that's that's which demon will enter you in nigeria to relocate a whole big church of that size because of an olympics one day the archbishop he was going to do crusade in in in, in a liberty stadium ibado nfa now said green eagles were going to play super eagles that the crusade was cancelled i said my crusade cancelled okay if you cancel my crusade i cancel your match they will not win that match. They are losing. That's, they went to beg him. Please, sir. Because it was Cameroon they were going to play with. You understand? So, that's, they went to beg. Please, please, sir. Forgive us. So, man, I said, okay. Okay, I forgive you. You will win. And they beat Cameroon 2-0. Do, no, do you understand what I'm talking about? But there was respect. Even though the man considered that date for them, but they had to show respect. This one, they don't show respect at all. The same Ken Livingstone was now saying that, do you know the group? The group, the group that is actually building the mosque is actually a terrorist group. And the government knows that they are a terrorist group. They showed the thing on TV, it's on TV, live TV, that that group is a terrorist group. They hate people that are not in their own sect. They even hate Muslims that are not part of their sect. And they can't do anything. They can kill. They can blow anything up. That's what they are known for. This particular group. 
and it is public. It's not private. I'm telling you publicly. It, it is public information that they are the ones building that mosque. And it was the government who gave them the land and the full planning permission. So, whether you are high or low, there is warfare ahead of you. Do you understand what I'm talking about? That there is warfare you cannot afford to ignore. People are walking up and down the streets. Where are they in church now? There is warfare for you to fight. There is warfare. Miss the rent on this place, there will be a threat from the landlord. It's warfare. Hallelujah. Not to now talk about your own life. So there is no hiding place for you except in God. There is no hiding place for you at all. No hiding place of any sort for you except in God. So right now we're going to, we're going to get up and do some praying. Hallelujah. We're going to get up and we're going to do some praying. If you have never prayed 30 minutes before in your life about that issue, today marks the first time. Because we are praying 30 minutes straight, non-stop. We are not picking prayer points from, from paper. You have the prayer point. You yourself, you have your prayer point. You have your prayer point. You know what your prayer point is and you have it. And we are going to pray through. Hallelujah. We are going to pray through. If Jesus had to pray through, if Jesus had to pray through to press into his assignment that God had for him, we are also going to pray through. And let me tell you, let it not come to you as a surprise. Jesus said, he says, he, he, he said this place, he said, my, he said my father's house is where? The house of where? The house of prayer. So it must never, you, you know it's now surprising now that we're praying in church just to show you how far we are from Jesus. Just to show you how far away we are from Jesus. The day we came to pray in church is a surprise day now. But we forget that the label that Jesus gave to the church is what? House of prayer. So if anything we do and we don't pray, we are joking. Hallelujah. So right now, we're going to pray. And when I say pray, you are going to pray with strength from your inside. You are going to pray earnestly. Hallelujah. You are going to pray with force. You, that stronghold that has held you bound, that thing that has held you bound, you are going to come against it right now in the name of Jesus Christ. Before we start praying, so that I don't have any pressure, we're going to say the goodness now. It's one o'clock. We're going to say the goodness. So we close the service. But if you know you have something to discuss with God, a matter that must be trashed out with God, with God, just drop your offering in an envelope if you are going before we finish the prayer. We're going to say the goodness now. Surely, goodness and mercy shall follow us all the days of our lives. And we shall dwell in the presence of the Lord forever and ever. Amen. But right now, we're going to start praying. Hallelujah.